You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And the first challenge, remember when he's like, the penitent man will pass, the penitent man will pass, the penitent man will penitent, kneel. Well, he kneels, right? But then he also does a forward roll, which was not in it at all. He would have been sliced in half, like from the floor. Where else would you rather be than right here, right now? Hey, hey, let's go, Buffalo. Hey, hey, let's go, Buffalo. The bills make me wanna. Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times. Here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hey Bills fans, welcome to another episode of the Circling the Wagons podcast. The only podcast that reminds you to vote in the elections on November 6th, but we'll also be voting on some Bills topics this episode. I'm your host, Nate, and this is our Recap Edition podcast, where we will discuss the Bills losing to the Chicago Bears and New Era Field 41-9 to drop to 2-7 on the season. I'm joined by my co-hosts, John and Mike. Fellas, are you ready to discuss this game? Sure. Let's do it. So are you guys also ready to do some voting on some Bills topics and some uh, some off-the-board items that I haven't really told you about? Absolutely. Voting is funny. <laughs> uh oh. Everybody's like, you have to vote, you have to vote. But if you find somebody that would have voted the exact opposite of you, it negates the need for you to vote. Can we agree on that? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I like guess if I'm... you live next to me in the same district, right? And you're like, oh, I'm a diehard Republican. I'm going to just across the line vote Republican. And I'm like, oh, I'm a diehard Democrat. I'm just going to vote across the line Democrat. We can shake hands. And if we both have integrity, we can just stay home. Do you guys remember an election in any recent history where everyone's like, I remember going to festivals this summer and they're like, register to vote, register to vote. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I've never, I feel like this is the most anyone's ever cared about voting in my adult life. It's like, hey, remember sure. Voting? Yeah. Sure. So I figured this would be fun. Like, obviously we're not going to get into politics in general, but, um, you know, just, uh, just some bills topics and some off the board topics. It'd be fun to discuss. And, uh, and you know, we got to find something bright and positive and fun to discuss anyway, because there was this game today and the bills basically got destroyed um, again. But I guess, you know, heading into the game, Nathan Peterman was named the starter this week with Derek Anderson being out in concussion. And, um, you know, again, just kind of waiting to see we're at that point in the season where, you know, the bills are, are, a long shot to make the playoffs. We'll see what happens, but we really needed some things to go our way. And uh, the bills, you know, even though they were 10 and a half point dogs, you know, they tend to play really good defense at home. Um, But again, you know, just like, just like the Colts game, the turnovers were just a huge issue. The bills lost the ball four times. And, um, and yeah, when you, when you, when you do that, that many times, the defense can only, can only do so much. Um, just in general, I mean, we'll get into this game, um, but I don't want to depress Bills fans too much. But I, you know, have you? Did you guys ever hear of the preseason pledge? No. Yes. So, so the preseason pledge, for those that don't know, is like something that was kind of started um, where uh, Bills fans would, you know, when the preseason was going on, like, hey, you know, d- don't take what's happening with any grain of salt because any good things that happen don't necessarily mean they'll translate into the regular season. And then the opposite is the same where anything that's bad and terrible that happens doesn't mean that it'll happen in the regular season. You know, it's just like, it's, it's practice. 
defenses aren't showing you everything. Offenses aren't showing you everything. You know, you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt. So it's like, okay, well, that was that was definitely true because Nathan Peterman looked great in the preseason, and we saw how he's looked so far this season. But I kind of want to do the same thing with the 2018 season. Like, I, I want to take the 2018 season pledge where everything that happens this season won't affect how I'm going to view the 2019 season <laughs> because they could be putrid and terrible on offense, but that doesn't mean how this team's going to look in the 2019 season. So I think as Bills fans, we kind of have to look at this game and other games like the Colts game and, you know, just kind of take it with a grain of salt. Like, hey, it looks bad, but it's not going to look like that next season. So um, let's get into the the game. I mean, is there, is there any just general thoughts that you guys had on the game before we start getting into the stats and and plays of the game? I thought the defense looked pretty good. I mean, they looked, you know, really dominant at some points. I think the turnovers really just killed them. And where the Bears got the ball after the turnovers, I mean, it kind of made for easy touchdowns, and the Bills just couldn't stop them defensively after that. So, I mean, there were two – were there two turnovers that turned into touchdowns this this game there were right two so you know i mean already you're 14 points against and the bills offense only put up nine points so you're already a deficit and the bills just just couldn't come back from that what about you guys were there any thoughts that you had on that on the game john that i missed not in general i mean it's kind of like like most games this year the the offense is pretty putrid and the defense can only you know keep it up for so long well special teams also hasn't been very good this year yeah, totally. What about you, Mike? Did I miss anything? It's a little disheartening for the blowout aspect. It's just not entertaining. Like you watch the games first and foremost to be entertained, to have fun, but it seems like they're out of it by the first quarter, unfortunately. I feel really bad. Just like I mentioned this last week, I feel the worst for the season ticket holders <laughs> because, I mean, we've had season tickets. We don't have them this season. We've had them in seasons past. And, you know, it's one thing when they're going into you know week 13 or 14 and they need to win out sort of thing and you know it's like whatever you know they probably won't but we'll see as opposed to this season when they're basically almost out of the playoffs last week and they still had five more games five more home games left in the season <laughs> uh, you know i just it is disheartening especially from the blowout aspect especially because this offense his is historically awful. I actually retweeted a, a Buffalo Rumblings link this week that kind of put in perspective about how awful this uh, this Bills offense has really been historically. So let's get into. You feel bad for way too many people, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like oh, hey. these season ticket holders. Oh, what was me? Like obviously they knew this was a, a a possibility, a strong possibility. You still get to hang out with your friends, have good food. That's probably the cheapest ticket in the league, right? It's, it's a party on Sunday. You can always sell your tickets, of course, for pennies on the dollar, but you don't have to go if you don't want to go. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, of all the people in the world to feel sorry for. Well, on. I didn't say that I only felt bad. Like, the, like it's exclusive to feeling bad for them, but. Yeah, if you think about it, there's people around the world who are Bills fans that can't readily go to a game, right? I feel bad for those people. When we had season tickets, we had fun and they sucked. Yeah, we had season tickets and John wanted to kill himself after every loss. <laughs> John <laughs> hated coming back from losses. This is just like his most depressing. It was like a death march. <laughs> I thought it was fun. <laughs> oh, no, it was fun looking back at it. But I mean, if it was a game where they got blown out, I mean, you still you made the best of it. You made the best of it in, you know, post tailgate, you know, sort of fashion. But. Don't you think the problem then is with the expectations? Yeah, I think I think the people that bought season tickets probably should have had a lower expectation of how the season was going to go. I think we kind of all did. I mean, last season was an aberration. I mean, for all intents and purposes, they really shouldn't have made the playoffs last year. I mean, without, you know, a, a miracle at the end and everything kind of going their way. I mean, they really shouldn't have made the playoffs. I mean, there was like three or four games where had they not just, you know, made an interception at the end of the game or whatever, you know, they would have lost. So they could have easily been like a 5-11 and 11 team, but they didn't. They went 9-7 and seven and, you know, Andy Dalton made that pass and they made the touch. They made the uh, the playoffs. But, but yeah, I think you had to 
kind of go into this season with lowered expectations. So I don't feel bad for that. I, no, I do feel oh, bad God. for that. I'm I mean, sympathetic. You, as a human, you have a finite amount of empathy that you can bestow upon others and to waste it on season ticket holders. My empathy is just, is extraordinary. It's, it's, it's infinite. <laughs> At least for Bills fans, for, for the rest of the world, I don't really care. So, um, at the end of the season, <laughs> 31 fan bases are disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to get into that in the, uh, in the elections later, by the way, talking about, um, being disappointed in, in seasons, we're going to go talk about that. So, um, all right. So let's get into some stats of the game brought to you by our T public store. Um, if you want to find some gear that you can't find anywhere else on the internet, check out our tpublic.com slash stores slash CTW pod. And uh, and check out our uh, trust the process and uh, and end of the drought playoff graph, which we just talked about the end of the drought. And uh, and so let's 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 go into some stats of the game. The first stat, obviously, is the four turnovers by the Bills, three interceptions, and one fumble by uh, Jason Kroon. Uh Nathan Peterman had the uh, the first game he started that he's actually finished, so that's a huge uh, stat for Nathan Peterman. Because the other games, obviously, two out of the three games he was yanked <laughs> from starting after starting, and the one he uh, against Indianapolis last year he was injured, so that's a huge deal for Nathan Peterman. Um, all of the Bears' three offensive touchdowns started from the fifty-yard line or on the Bills' side of the field, um, which is not good, but that's the stat of the game. Um, if you want to get into actual player stats. Mitchell Trubisky, uh, 12 for 20, 135 yards, one touchdown, nothing crazy there in the passing game. Um, leading rusher for the Bears was Jordan Howard, 14 for 47 yards, 14 carries and 47 yards, two touchdowns, though. So honestly, uh, offensively, <laughs> there's only, you know, there's almost less than 200 yards by the Bears offense. The Bills just continue to turn the ball over. Nathan Peterman was 31 for 49, 189 yards in those three picks, like we said. Um, actually, he was the leading rusher, too. Eight carries for 46 yards and one touchdown. One touchdown on the ground for him. What was he running for at the end of the second half? Did he think he was going to go 50 yards? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get into some plays of the game. The The <laughs> end of the first half. Nathan Peterman just takes off with the ball instead of actually heaving a Hail Mary pass. I don't know. There was no way he was going to run in for a touchdown. There was like four bears just waiting at the goal line. I think he thought he could do it. <laughs> well, you can't stand so close to the sidelines where they can easily just shove you out. <laughs> <laughs> what about that play where McCoy was wide open for a touchdown? He even throws it to that side of the field, but doesn't see him at all. Yeah. Exactly. I know which play you're talking about. There was there was that play where LaShawn McCoy basically went on a wheel route out of the backfield. And Nathan Peterman, even looking at that side of the field, like within five yards, I believe, McCoy was just streaking down uncovered. Instead, he throws it into like triple coverage for Calvin Benjamin or Terrell Pryor or whatever. And uh, yeah, incomplete, falls incomplete. You guys want to talk about Terrell Pryor's debut this week? I honestly didn't think he was going to play. But uh, he did, and he was terrible. <laughs> he was a cause of at least two of those interceptions. Um, not a not a good start for uh, for Terrell Pryor out of the gate. I mean, obviously he has to learn the playbook and whatever. You know, um, I thought he was going to walk on the field as the the best wide receiver on the team, but uh, not yet, not yet at least. <laughs> still has some, still has a little ways to go. Um, you know, Nathan Peterman was hit at least twice in the face. That you know, we're roughing the pass or wasn't called today. I thought that was kind of kind of odd. Not like it matters. I don't even want to bring up those stupid penalties because it wasn't like they were make or break and the Bills didn't lose by those penalties by any means. And geez, I don't even know if it's worth getting into any more plays of the game, <laughs> to be quite honest. Benjamin drops a touchdown pass. Yep. Yep. Calvin Benjamin sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Well, I guess I can take that off the uh, election later. Does Kelvin Benjamin oh. suck? Yes, no. He's terrible the worst right yeah it's the absolute worst he's the worst but still as sad as that is he's still the best that we have like that's how bad this offense is i don't know if he'd be a second or third wide receiver on most good teams let's you know what <laughs> for the sake of depressing our fans and getting into you know more plays of the game i mean we it was overall it was a bad game we know it let's go into um our wall of famer for the game so 
our wall of famer of the game is is the guy obviously who we thought we had a, who had a who had a good game or maybe in this case a decent game who we would put on our wall of fame. So um, I'll start off. Uh, normally this spot has been pretty much given to Matt Milano the last few weeks because he's that good. He's had that good of a sophomore season, and again he was good this week. But um, but I'm gonna find someone different, some another linebacker this week. I'm giving it to Julian Stanford. Um, because, uh, he was a free agent pickup this last, uh, this off season. And, and he's just been a, doing a great job filling in for Tremaine Edmonds. Um, obviously Tremaine Edmonds is an elite talent and, um, you know, the last couple of games, you know, ever since Edmonds went out with that concussion, he was inactive today. I thought Julian Stanford has been doing a good job filling in gaps. Um, even in past coverage, he's been pretty decent. So it's, it was really hard to find, um, it's a positive, you know, of a Bills blowout like this, but um, but I like Julian Stanford. John, what about you? Who who's your wall of famer for today's Bills game? Uh, I'm I'm still thinking of one, Mike. Why don't you go next? I have no one. <laughs> I guess I don't have anybody either. Oh, nice, nice cop answer. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a good game for a whole lot of people. You know what sucks is the defense wasn't awful. They weren't good today, but they weren't awful. But they they just get completely overshadowed by how terrible the offense is. You know, like a guy like Matt Milano or Tredavious White, you know, on a decent team, like they'd be getting so much more press coverage or so much more media coverage. And people would actually know who they are throughout the entire league. But we're the only ones that get to see it and we're the only ones that watch it and notice it and pay attention to it. And, you know, I think it's just a shame. So, all right, well, let's play, since the Bills lost again in blowout fashion, let's play the blame game. Let's play everyone's favorite game, whether it's at work. I thought you were going to send out that email. Or at home. I thought you put out the trash. Or when your favorite team loses, let's play the blame game. So who would you put on your wall of blame for today's loss to the Bears? John, why don't you start off? Who's who's on your wall of blame? Wall of blame. I would probably put Peterman, Ducasse, Mills, Dawkins, Pryor, Kroom, Benjamin, Danny Crossman, Brian Dable, <laughs> uh, McDermott. Did I miss anybody? Did you get Bean? Did you get Bean in there? Yeah, yeah. let's put Bean on there too. <laughs> You're like, no, no, I think Bean's cool. It's just everyone else on the <laughs> offensive and coaching side. Well, wow, that's a lot of people. Did did Dukas, I think, did he get replaced by Wyatt Teller through the game? I'm pretty sure he did. I remember seeing Wyatt Teller getting some snaps, and John Miller was still on the field for some reason. So um, I think he got he got rid. So basically everyone on the offense. Did you add Deion Dawkins in there? Yes. Because he was awful. He was awful today. He's one of he was one of mine because he was, again, just a turnstile. I mean I can understand John Miller, Jordan Mills. These guys I expect to not be good. And they probably won't be on the team next season. But Deion Dawkins is supposed to be the franchise left tackle. And he was getting just run through today. I mean, it was bad. He's He's been pretty... I wouldn't say he was as bad today as he's been the rest of the season. But it wasn't good. Especially for a guy that, you know... I don't know if he's going to get moved to right, right tackle next season. Or maybe they draft another left tackle. I don't know. But he was bad. He was beating... He's being beat all day by players not named Khalil Mack because Khalil Mack wasn't even playing today. And, uh, yeah, that that's a really good one. So basically the whole offense. Mike, what about you? Who's on your wall of blame? I agree with John. I want to say Kelvin Benjamin stands alone, um, but everybody sucked. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Offense. Offense. The, the, the ability to, to – tr- one of the things I want I will say for the defense – was besides that Tredavious White interception where the, basically Mitchell Trubisky threw it right to him, there was no you know Bears receiver within five yards, um, is the ability for the Bills to turn fumbles and errant passes into turnovers. I mean, they've had that issue, I feel like, for the last few games. You know, there was that fumble earlier uh, earlier on when uh, Mitchell Trubisky fumbled it, but it was recovered by the Bears, and that would have stopped a drive. And, you know, just... They just haven't been taking advantage of those turnovers. Like last season, they were constantly taking advantage of it. And you're just like, when's the other shoe going to drop? And it didn't. It went all the way into the playoffs. And and this year, they just can't seem to get, you know, I, I don't know if that's, it could be bad luck that the fumbles aren't bouncing their way, but it also could be lack of execution, you know, to the end of the whistle. So I'm not really sure. John, what do you think about that? Think it's bad luck? 
So yeah, like with the fumbles, like like I noticed that like was it this the stat was that they were leading the league in forced fumbles? Is that what it was? Yeah. But they were only recovering like half of them. Yeah. See, I, I think I think fumble recoveries is is a I mean, sorry, I think forced fumbles is a legit stat, but I feel like fumble recoveries is more of a crapshoot. Like it depends how the ball bounces, how many players from each team are there. I, I think that could really go either way. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. I mean, it's just it's just bad luck for the Bills. I mean, I guess it's better that they have this kind of bad luck now. Maybe next season they can turn it around when I expect them to be, you know, much better offensively. So and and defensively, I think they should be on pace or or just as good. So um I I wanted to, even though we normally save our, our wall of blame for um for when they win, since we don't play the blame game then. Um Wall of Lame, I want to say, is uh since the Los Angeles Rams lost today and the last unbeaten team got beaten, the 72 Dolphins are uh, popping champagne wherever they are, um, as they always do every season when the last undefeated team loses because they want to remain the only team in history that was undefeated and won the Super Bowl, and right now they still are even after that. So um, I think that's stupid. I think I think the... 72 Dolphins, it's like, come on, guys. <laughs> I don't know if it's just because I hate the Dolphins or what, but... I, I'm glad that the Patriots didn't go undefeated that one year. I know, of all teams to, like, to like break that stupid Dolphins tradition, it's like, why did it, Why could it have been the Patriots, right? Oh, yeah, I was glad that they lost that game, too. I'm glad they lost the Super Bowl, too. But if it was any other team in the league besides the Jets, I'd have been rooting for them. You know, the exactly. Steelers? Steelers going 17-0, hell yeah, you know, why not? Yeah, no doubt. Um, I thought that was kind of lame. Um, as it is every season, I think that's so stupid. Um, and then also, did you guys hear about this? Um, or did you see this on Twitter? The trending Buffalo tweet. I want to bring this up because, uh, I thought this was, I just thought this was kind of a lame take. And I, and if you guys don't follow trending Buffalo, they're actually pretty interesting. It's kind of funny, like just an interesting insight into Buffalo sports, whether it's the Sabres or the Bills or whatever. But, um, this week, when the Bills signed Matt Barkley as their backup quarterback, basically because they needed two healthy quarterbacks on the roster, um, they wrote, uh, I wonder why the Buffalo Bills chose Matt Barkley. And then they chose hashtag culture, but culture was spelled C-U-L-T, like in caps. It's like cult, culture. And uh, and then they showed a picture of Matt Barkley's Twitter profile, which said, you know, I play quarterback but that doesn't find me. I'm a husband, father, and Jesus lover, you know, and then you go to the other, then they show like screenshots of like 15 or 20 bills players. And they highlight the fact that they say, you know, God or Christian or blessed or Lord or Christ or whatever faith, you know, and they're just like, Oh, I wonder why, you know, the bills signed Matt Barkley as if, as if that the, the reason why Sean McDermott, and I've heard people make this, this point or this opinion that, that the bills only sign people that are very Christian or that's Sean McDermott because he's, he's super Christian that he only signs players like that. And I don't know. I think that's a very weak take. And I think that that's just, you're just trying to find an excuse why the bills are having an awful season. You know, <laughs> it's just, no, the bills are that, that bad. It's not because they just sign people that love God. Like they just, I, don't I know. think you're going to find roughly the same percentages throughout the league on that. Yeah, players all over the league love God. Like it's that's not and like I'm not even I'm not even that religious a person because I will I will absolutely call people out. Like remember a few years ago when Chip Kelly got called racist and it was because, you know, he was like he kept trading away all of his African American players and then he like re-signed Riley Cooper who was like a known racist. Like I was like, ah, that kind of has some merit. Like I can kind of see some merit that Chip Kelly is a racist, but like Sean McDermott only signing Christian players. I don't know. I, I don't really see it. I mean, my point to that would be like AJ McCarron was a huge Christian. He had this like terrible tattoo on his chest of like Jesus on the cross or whatever. I don't know. It was awful. It was terrible. It was terribly done. It was just like weird. And they shipped him off. Like they traded him away. So, so based on that logic, they wouldn't have never done that. Plus isn't being the one signing the players. And then McDermott just has to get it to work. Like, isn't that really like how it's supposed to work? Yeah, yeah, probably. I mean, I don't really know how that dynamic really works. It's not like he's Bill Belichick and and you know in that role. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so. No, 
But I think he has a lot of say on which players they sign or draft or whatever. Um, yeah, I'm sure they talk, but I'm just, you know. I bet you Bean's probably the same way. I mean, Bean's probably a guy of faith too or whatever, you know? You know, if you're looking for reasons why the Bills are that bad or why they sign the players they do, I think it's A, because their salary cap, because they don't have over 30% of it this season. So they don't they can't sign anyone they want to. And, you know, it's just... Uh, I just don't think that they, uh, they're just not good. They're just not good. I don't think it has anything to do with signing Christian players or whatever. Like, and plus, by the way, like I was looking at, you know, if you want to say like, like players that they really like, I mean, Deshaun Watson, they didn't draft Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson's like in his Twitter bio is like, God is first, you know, like you would think based on that logic that that would be a perfect guy for them to have drafted a couple of years ago. Instead, they, they passed on him. They got another wall of lamer. Oh, you got another one. All right, let's hear it. Yeah. NBC Sports in Chicago. Did you hear about that one? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Explain that one, John. <laughs> they're basically calling, you know, saying Bills fans are lousy and they're actually putting down Bills Mafia. Yeah, it was like Even a though, definition of like, like they, was, they made it look like a yeah, dictionary yeah. definition of Bills Mafia, right? And it said something like. I, I don't remember exactly what it said, but basically calling, you know, you know, saying, oh, Bills Mafia is awful, this, that, and the other thing. And referencing throwing fans through tables and this and that but really bill's mafia is all about like charity work and helping people and and you know and you saw what they did right bill's mafia started you know donating towards a a chicago based uh charity so i thought that part was pretty cool but yeah in true in true bill's fashion del reed you know started a campaign to donate to uh a bears i believe is a children's cancer charity so that's that's great. Good call there, John. So I guess we'll go to our bright side segment like we do after every Bill's loss. Always look on the bright side of life. Always look on the light side of life. And I think the only thing that I can think of with this one that I haven't said before, I mean, I've mentioned how the Bill's have, or, you know, this offense is not going to look the same as it will next season. It's going to be better. Um, the Bills, on the bright side, the Bills currently have the fourth overall pick in the 2019 draft. So, hey, every loss, guys, every loss, guys, we get up a little bit closer and a little bit closer to getting our uh, our own Von Miller or Patrick Peterson or whoever, you know, is, is amazing, Jadavion Clowney, whoever. We, we're going to get that guy. Off- what right about play. the Bills draft history makes you optimistic? <laughs> The Bills have have had decent drafts the last couple of drafts. They've got some good rookies. I, I mentioned too, earlier Matt Milano, Tredavious White. Too soon to say on a lot of those. It's too soon to say on a lot of those, but, you know, Tremaine Edmonds looks pretty good. Taron Johnson looks pretty good. I don't know. They're, they're not all hits, obviously, but we'll see. We'll see. I, I remain optimistic that the Bills can uh, can actually have a decent uh, draft. If they if they maybe number one overall or or they trade down. They trade down from four to five or six or seven and pick up a few uh, few more draft picks. Maybe get a couple first-round picks. So anyway. Um, Maybe they get five offensive linemen. Five offensive linemen. They could easily do that. I mean, they have 10 draft picks, so it's not out of, out of, the, out of the question. Um, so We're we did way get... overemphasizing the importance of the draft, those picks, because it's all a crapshoot. It is all a crapshoot, but, I mean, if you hit on it, you're talking franchise changing, possibly. You're talking like if you could get the JJ Watt of your franchise. I mean, you know, it's a big deal. So supposedly they have the future with Josh Allen, right? It's offensively quarterback driven. Maybe they could get a good wide receiver though to to put next to him, you know, and, and actually actually catch but a pass. If I or said two. that, you'd say, oh, the wide receivers don't really hit their stride for three years. They don't. They don't. That's a good. That's a really good point, Mike. So then it'd be three years from next year. They can right? still have an impact, but just not as they just won't put up Odell Beckham Jr. type numbers or anything like their Julio Jones numbers. You know, Maybe right. definitely quarterback. But it, yeah, but I mean, Josh Allen's going to need another year or so to really hit his stride. So by then, you know, so the Bills are going to pick up some players in the. I mean, it doesn't mean that you don't draft a guy in the first. You know really high it just because mean you lose games and get excited about losing this year. No, no, you shouldn't the prospect of the draft. You shouldn't look forward to losing games, but you can't, but that's a, a positive of them losing. I mean, if you're trying to look for a positive in, in this tank, like, you know, we're only going to live so long, right? <laughs> like, and then it's over. Like all the people on the team, all the people associated with the organization, like that's one year gone. Like, yeah. 
Yeah. Jeez. But still, I'm still going to be okay with them getting a higher draft pick and a higher draft pick because you never know. Like, they could have their chance. The good thing about having a high draft pick is you get your choice. If you're number 20th overall, you don't get a choice at, like, let's say you want this left tackle and he's taking number six overall. And then you don't get a choice at him at 20 because he'll be gone by them. But, you know, so anyway, it's just a chance. At any draft, the Bills could have had any, really, of the best quarterbacks currently in the league. And they've constantly missed. I'm not saying they wouldn't otherwise, but it's not a function of having the top pick in the draft equating to success on the field right look at brady where he was drafted look at rogers where he was drafted and big oh he's still in the green room he's what a controversy right any team could have had drew Brees. like now we'd kill for all these guys yeah like i'd rather win now yeah the the browns have had a lot of a lot of first first overall picks and a lot of high draft picks for sure for sure you have to draft well too i'm not just saying that it's enough to have that pick, but you have to draft well. It is a crapshoot to a point, um, but you know the the more chances, the more choice you have, the the better you can get. But just so you know, Mike, um, somebody actually agreed with you last week on the podcast. So last week we discussed we discussed the trade deadline. I was saying how I think they should push it back. Mike was like, "No, it's good where it is because players shouldn't be able to be you know traded that close to you know the Super Bowl or whatever." Your point was, and um, one of our listeners said, uh, which was kind of interesting because he says he's a Saints fan, but he says, I listen to your podcast every week. Just wanted to tell Mike that I agree with him 100% about the trade deadline and the idea of tanking. If high draft picks automatically meant football success, the Browns would have won the Super Bowl in 2003. So, Well, thank you, that guy. He (laughs) recognizes... Yeah. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> now he says he's a saint. So we kind of, we kind of went back and forth, which was really interesting. Um, first of all, I think it's cool that he's a saints fan and he's listening to us. He grew up a saints fan and then became a Cowboys fan. Cause he moved to Fort Worth, Texas. And, uh, and, but he, I, I, I'm not sure how he came across podcast, but it's nice to know that, uh, we reached that many people podcast is that good that even if you're not a bills fan, you're listening to us. But, um, but I couldn't help but think, you know, especially if you're if you're a Saints fan, I mean, you're used to success. So, and Drew Brees is 37, 38 right now. You're going to want to win now. Like, you don't want to tank at all if you have the potential, if you have the franchise quarterback. You know, I mean, I'm I'm a little bit less, you know, as opposed to other sports. The first overall pick doesn't necessarily mean anything in the NFL like it does in other sports. But, I mean, I just like the idea of, of but, but going back to the trade thing, you know, he agrees with you, Mike. He actually thinks that, you know, it's, it's, it's good where you it is. You always say, like, he actually agrees. Like, you're surprised someone could share the same opinion. A little bit. A little bit like surprised. Someone, <laughs> and you cherry-pick one person out. We actually found someone. We actually found. Hey, I didn't tell you about all the guys that tweeted us that agreed with me. You know, I thought I'd give you this one. But John did agree with you last week, so whatever. Whatever, you know. You might, For all I it is probably a burner account that you created, so I keep coming on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's possibly the dumpster fire that is the bill season that, exactly exactly we gotta give people a reason to listen but one thing i thought was interesting so we kind of went back and forth a few times so on a positive note he's like you know here's one thing i made uh, i thought of the other night while watching the pats bills game is i was really impressed with the bills defense and it really raised my estimation of sean mcdermott you don't get that kind of performance out of a team without being a fantastic coach so that was kind of interesting to see from that end you know that kind of fight that the bills had because, you know, minus, you know, the offense being awful again, you know, the defense had a pretty good performance against Tom Brady. So, so I thought that was interesting. Thanks to um, at Volstead Gridban, um, who tweeted that to us. Um, so, all right. So let's go into our election portion of the podcast. The midterms are November 6th this week. Um, let's go into it. Let's talk some election ideas. Okay. So we have a chat section in our podcast that we are each going to be voting on a certain subject, a certain issue, if you will. And we're all going to type at the same time. And then we're going to write, we're going to press enter at the same time. So we're not going to see each other's votes to swear opinion one way or another. And um, so, okay, the first, first item up for vote, should the bills when whenever the bills build a new stadium, whenever that is, whether it's five or 10 years or, you know, now should the bills build the stadium in downtown Buffalo or should they keep it in orchard park? It's your first item. 
I don't know. Hey, wait, wait, wait. Just, just. Well, there's so many variables that go into something like that, right? Just give it. That is a tough question. That is a tough question. Well, think about it for a minute if you need to. Think about the Bill Stadium downtown. It would be close to the Sabres Arena. It would be close to um, Canal Side, which is, you know, a booming area. It'd be next to the AAA ball team. And if you keep it in Orchard Park, though, you keep it in a suburban area. It's not near downtown. Driving would probably be a little bit easier to get out of Orchard Park, even though it's still awful. Getting out of Orchard Park would be probably a little bit easier than getting out of downtown Buffalo. So, um, so the, I mean, there's a couple of points in there. So, so all right, John's, John's got his typed in. I'm ready. Mike? I don't know. I'm not, I can't vote on that. Well, Mike, don't you work in downtown Buffalo? Would you rather go to a Bills game down there? Or would you rather go to the place that we've always gone to Bills games? Is it destroying neighborhoods? No, it's it's not destroying. Is it closing businesses? I yeah, probably. <laughs> but it's bringing more business downtown too. Whereas you know who really benefits from the you know the Orchard Park sort of deal? There's not that many businesses around there. I mean, it's pretty desolate. Should There's we a few have discussion after after the vote. Yeah, we should have this discussion after the vote. Just make up. Is this how you're going to be? Because I have like 15 of these. Is this how you're going to be all podcast with every single item? You're just difficult. It's just so poor, poorly presented. Are we dating? Are we married? Like what? Just make up your mind. Like it shouldn't be this difficult. I didn't ask you where we're going to eat tonight. Just so where would I like to go to a Bills game? Okay. Okay. I wrote it. Okay. Uh, okay. On the count of three. And the two cho- choices are downtown or, or Orchard Park. Okay. Okay. So two to one, Orchard Park. Keep Orchard Park. Congratulations, you guys. You guys want to, I, I kind of want a, a downtown experience. That's so I voted for downtown, but you guys voted Orchard Park. So I, I lose right. this vote. I lose this vote. You guys like the tailgating experience. That would suck. I, 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 I haven't been to other cities where they have, um, you know, downtown stadiums. Is there no tailgating there? Do you lose no, it? I think you, the of it would be less. Because they lose it. They lost it in Toronto, obviously, you know, when the Bills had games in Toronto, but... I don't think you would lose it necessarily. And I don't know. Yeah, that's a huge, that's a huge deterrent. I still like the idea of like the hockey arena being next to the Bills arena and being next to the, the, the river and all that stuff. Anyway. Okay. Here's, here's another one about the stadium. Unless Mike's going to be difficult again. Um, when a new bill stadium is built, should it be a dome or should it be an open stadium? Now, when I say dome, I mean, that it has the ability to be open and closed or should it only be open? So there shouldn't be an option whether you can close it or not. So I'm ready. So dome or open stadium? Wait, does dome, you said you have the option? Yes, you have the option to open it. Because that's how they're all being built nowadays. Like I would say like, no, no, you're stuck. You're going to be, on the, but you know, it's that's not how it is. Nowadays, you're usually openable. That's a good question. Yeah. Not laced with the controversy of your prior one. Well, like the, the Houston Texans dome is actually openable and... I, I was listening in a pregame for the Bills Texans game that they haven't opened it since like 2014 because Bill O'Brien thinks it like gives the other team an advantage or 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 it's a disadvantage for his team because they're not in 72 degree air conditioned weather. It's like you know Houston where it's really hot. It could be 90 degrees that day, so he doesn't want it to be a disadvantage against his team. So so okay. we might we might get a dome. Okay, are you guys ready? <laughs> Two to one, dome dome wins it, John. John, not a fan of the dome. No, I mean, I can, I can see the, uh, the reason for getting a dome, especially for, um, like Super Bowl reasons. Like being yes. able to host Super Bowl would be easier. Obviously, you know the the New York hosted or you know, New Jersey in an open stadium, but um, I, I could see that as a positive for it being an option. Yeah, well, guess what? They're gonna have to move it downtown because there's no freaking hotels near Orchard Park that they can host all those people for a Super Bowl. So you well, want a Super Bowl, you got to move it downtown and open. make a dome. <laughs> I just want to see snow games. I, you know, like you know, they're I would, gonna close it in the winter, right? So I'd rather, I'd rather not have that. I changed my vote. I'm gonna go with John now. Keep it open. No dome. I forgot about the snow. The snow, yeah, but you don't even know if the coach is gonna, you know. No, I Keep mean I'm going to change it to no dome. Oh, no dome. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. This is why do I you think, think it's important to discuss the issues. The do you really think it matters though? Do the Bills really have? I think back in the day when the team was 
consistently most of the same roster. I think it ma- made a difference, but I don't know if the December games actually help the Bills like it used to. I don't well, know. well, two things. I mean, maybe it will help again someday when they're good, or also, who cares, right? Like, you want to see football and the elements and, you know, like, on the gridiron, right? I guess, yeah. I mean, as Bills fans, we do, but maybe it'd be nice to be uh, not rained on during the game too, you know? <laughs> that you might know, be like nice. Like Green Bay, Chicago, like, you, you know, these teams, these storied franchises who play in the elements all year round, right? A lot of these players are from the South, you know? So they're used to really nice weather. So maybe they would play better if it was in a dome as opposed to a 30 degree. Like a lot of these guys never seen snow before. Maybe they so, should get used to it. Yeah, well, maybe they can. Or maybe they'll fail under the pressure and the precipitation. <laughs> um, okay, all right, next next one. we got to move along here. Um, least favorite fans of another team, Jets fans or Dolphins fans? I figured Patriots fans would be universal. Get ready. J-E-T-S, Jets win it. They're the more hated one, two to one. Two to one. We haven't, we haven't been uh, three and oh in any of these votes. Uh, these must be good topics. I'm glad I picked them, man. I, I, I can't stand Jets fans. I think they're so obnoxious. And I have a lot of friends that are Jets fans. They're terrible. They're annoying. Whereas Dolphins fans, like my brother-in-law's a Dolphins fan. He's like, eh, you know, the Dolphins kind of suck. Like he never rubs it in my face like Jets fans did. I don't know. I just had this bad taste in my mouth from people I know and people I've met that are Jets fans. So that one was easy. Um, After the Bills game, do you A, try to go home right away and beat traffic or B, Stay in the parking lot, get the grill going, eat, drink, and play some football because you're really not going anywhere for a couple hours. So A, try to go home right away and beat the traffic, or B, stay in the parking lot, have some fun, and leave a couple hours later. All right. <laughs> that's That one was an easy one. I knew we'd all pick that one because when we had season tickets, that's all we would do. There's no point in trying to go home. and Unless you leave in like the third quarter or before everyone else, you're never getting home, especially you know from – Buffalo to Rochester. Like it's going to be a long trip no matter what. It's either going to be three hours or it's going to be two hours. And you're going to have an hour of fun in between, you know? So, all right. That was an easy one. Worst Bills loss this... Jeez, do I even want to bring in the Bears game? Nah, I'm not going to choose a Bears game because that just happened today. All right. Worst Bills loss this season, not including the Bears game. Losing to the Ravens week one, 47-3. Or the Colts in week seven, 37-5. So first choice is the Ravens 47 to three. Second choice is the Colts 37 to five. All right. And you agree? Oh, oh, nope. John, John says it's two to one Colts. People are, but John thinks that the, uh, the Ravens 47 to three loss was even worse. John game within the first week of the season, you could be like, Oh, it was total fluke. Right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. After the Colts game, you knew that it wasn't because they had other losses in there. The end of the Colts game, you're like, okay, it's pretty much over. It's pretty much over. Two and six. Yeah. That's why it was much harder, disheartening. Or two and five. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the defense couldn't do anything that game. And the offense, the offense turned the ball over again, though. But at least in the first week of the season, like, you didn't think the defense was going to be good. And then all of a sudden, they became good. And then in the Colts game, you're like, oh, well, I guess the defense is going to lay an egg every once in a while. And it was, I think that was the Ravens are always like a pretty good team. The Colts were like one in five <laughs> and the bills just lost in convincing fashion fashion. So, all right, next topic up for vote daylight savings. Would you prefer to wake up with sunlight or go home from work with sunlight? Because now after daylight savings, the sun sets at four fifty six PM. <laughs> so would you rather, Wake up with sunlight or go home with sunlight? Go home. All right. Three to three to nothing. We'd rather go home with sunlight. It's not happening, by the way, guys. <laughs> but I mean, it's nicer when it is, right? I'd rather I'd rather go go to work, it'd be completely dark, and then get out and be like, oh, it's still some some time left in the day. As opposed to this time of year. Now I'm just like, ah, I'm just going to get in my pajamas as soon as I get home. <laughs> Day's done. Not doing anything else. All right. So moving on. Indiana Jones in The Last Crusade. The Leap of Faith. Should he have A, taken just a little step to see if anything was there, or B, just blindly walked out onto the invisible platform, possibly hurling himself into gruesome death? So just taking a little step, just kind of felt around there just to see if anything was there, or just blindly walking walking into the invisible platform. 
All right, all three of us just just put that foot out there, right? You should lay completely prone on the ground, done with one finger sticking out over the edge. I the one thing I will say to the argument for him was that it was a leap of faith, right? So he probably didn't know that was an option. He probably thought like, if I don't do this, it, like completely believing that I'm gonna get there, then it's not gonna work. So I have to do it. I have to take the jump, or else it won't work. But on the other side, he shouldn't have been so surprised when he took that step and it, or he took that step and something was there. If he had complete faith, he would have known it was there, right? He's like, ah, ah. <laughs> it worked. I thought you had faith. It should have worked. Um, on the first challenge, remember when he's like, the penitent man will pass. The penitent man will pass. The penitent man will Penitent. Kneel. Well, he kneels, right? But then he also does a forward roll, which was not in it at all. He would have been sliced in half, like, from the floor. Yeah. How did he know to roll? Okay. Does the penitent okay. man roll, too? Is it just Does he just kneel? Well, just maybe. Kneels. But... But maybe with the momentum he had from the kneel, he just rolled over also. I played devil's I've advocate. I never kneeled and accidentally rolled forward. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to add to the last crusade? Here's Remember another... the time we bet? <laughs> John, Nate once bet me in the last crusade. Remember when they're in the tunnel, Elsa and Indy? And they find the the um the grave, the marker. And he's like, Oh, dad wouldn't have made it this far. Or or and Elsa says, Oh, just like your father. And Nate always thought it was hideous as a schoolboy. <laughs> and I correct him once, I'm like, no, that's actually giddy as a schoolboy. No, I thought he said hideous. And he was like, No, no, I'm positive. It's hideous it's, school hideous boy. as a schoolboy. No, I didn't say hideous as a schoolboy. It was, <laughs> which I realize is ridiculous looking back at it, but hideous schoolboy, and just like your father, giddy, giddy as a schoolboy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I thought that. This was not like ninth grade, though. In my defense, it was her accent. It was a. Uh, it was hard to understand it was her context, though. Context clues. <laughs> anyway. That'd be funny if it really was hideous schoolboy. <laughs> just, <laughs> just like your father, ugly. <laughs> Ugly. All right, next topic. How many questions are there again? There's about six more. Um, okay. The term first annual for a party, a clam bake, a golf tournament, can you use it the first time you do one of these events? Or do you technically need to do it at least once before you can call it first annual? So can you do it the first time you do something? Or do you need to do it at least once before? So it has to be the second time you call it the first annual. Oh, two to one. It, it needs it needs to happen at least one time, right, John? Agree, hundred percent. No, I'm not saying it's not pretentious and untoward and ridiculous, but you can call it that. No, you can't. It has to happen once for it to be annual, because yeah, it is well, pretentious that that's like saying like maybe I've already planned the second one and this is the first one. It's like Bills first time Super Bowl winners. Well, they're gonna win eventually. <laughs> no, that's completely different. That is different. Oh, okay. That was a bad example. But yeah, it's, it is pretentious. You have to have, it has to, it has to, because first annual is saying like it was successful enough to, you know, if warrant you, a second. Maybe I've already planned the second one. I've already put down my deposit to have the pizza place again next year. Like it's happening, even if it's just me coming there. What if the pizza place goes out of business? Yeah. Or what if the people that you invite to this pizza place, you know, you end up, they end up hating you. <laughs> they don't want to go. You know, or you hate them. You don't want to throw that party. I'm saying I agree that it's pretentious, but you can do it. But you can do anything, right? Well, that, he asked. <laughs> Should you? Back to tape. He said, can you do it? I'm like, yes, you I'm totally can. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, I um, guess I changed my vote then. Thank you. <laughs> no, you can't. It's too late. Votes are tallied. Um, playoffs. When the playoffs come around, the Bills, Bills not, not being in the playoffs. Do you A, root for teams, root for certain teams, or do you B, root against teams? Are you more likely to root for teams, or are you more likely to root against teams in football playoffs? 
So think about when the playoffs come around. Are you more likely to root for a team or are you more likely to root against other teams? I figure we'd all be on the same page with this one, but I'm curious to see. Ah, so two to one. Mike, Mike, you you tend to root for teams, whereas John and I tend to root against teams. I'm a positive person. (laughs) I like to, there's very few teams I like besides the Bills. Like I'll root for the Packers. I always used to root for Peyton Manning, whatever team he was on. But there's so many teams I don't like, you know? Like if it's an AFC East opponent, if it's a Patriots, you're obviously rooting against the Patriots. If it's another AFC East opponent like the Dolphins or the Jets, you're obviously rooting against them, right? Like who who do you root for? Like if it's like the, um, like I want to say like the Vikings Eagles, like do you even care? I don't even, I mean, there's no one to root for or against in that one, you know? It's like, eh, like whatever, <laughs> You know what's interesting? Like if if this was like back in like the late sixties, we'd probably be rooting for our rivals, like to beat the NFL, right? AFL versus NFL, AFC versus NFC type of thing. Yeah. But it's interesting how you know, I mean, you know, now that we're so ingrained in the divisions and everything, it, it, you know, a lot of now that we're completely one NFL. It's just interesting. So you're saying Super Bowl three, we were actually rooting for the Jets to beat the Colts then? Probably, yeah. Probably, okay. Okay, so when Jets fans like rub it in our face that they won a Super Bowl, it'd be like, yeah, yeah, you won a Super Bowl. We were rooting for you to win it. So good. Right, exactly. And then funny enough, the Colts became part of the AFCs. Yeah, yeah. All right. Nice history lesson there, John. Okay, um, Super Bowl party. Okay, okay, here. So the Super Bowl is coming. Would you rather have a Super Bowl party or go to a Super Bowl party? Or would you ra- rather watch it at home with just a few people, whether it's family or a couple friends? So. Are you Super Bowl party person? We need to be with a bunch of people, or would you rather just watch it with a few people at home? All right, me and Mike, just a few people. John doesn't matter. I like I, not a big fan of the Super Bowl parties as much as I like seeing friends and family. Just like it's harder to to concentrate or watch the game or enjoy it. You know, I like when everybody's cheering for the same team. <coughs> yeah, that is nice. They never are, though, are they? If you're at a Super Bowl party, there's always some people that are, like, rooting against you. Remember at my bachelor party in uh, in West Virginia when we watched the uh, the Broncos Seahawks? Like, Mike, one of the guys in my wedding was like, yeah, I'm so happy the Broncos are losing. Like, You were a big Seahawks fan up till they were in the Super Bowl. Your whole family, like, oh, we lived in Seattle. We love the Seahawks. Oh, they're in the Super Bowl. I hate them. My dad is, a, C- my dad is a Seahawks fan. <laughs> That's it. I just, like I I thought they were okay. I would have rooted for the Seahawks. I rooted for the Seahawks against the Patriots. I like the Seahawks, but I always was a bigger Peyton Manning fan. He had already won a Super Bowl. He does the Manning face. He just went there to win. Seahawks built it from the ground up. That was before they became a dynasty. They were hungry. They had got Russell Wilson, a deep draft pick. Pete Carroll came in. It was like it was the they were the underdog against the hired gun. <laughs> I was rooting for Denver too, Nate. <laughs> oh, so sweet when Thanks, he fumbled John. that snap. <laughs> oh. uh, all right, great. Thanks, Mike. It's um, way better when you can control the, the party, have everybody on the same page. Yeah, if you can. But again, you party that many people, you're probably not going to. Probably not going to get everyone on the same page. So and I think Mike was rubbing in my face when the Broncos were losing, like, ha. Probably. Ah, made me hate him for a little bit. All right. So, all right. Buffalo Bills' biggest first round bust Aaron Maben, 2009, 11th overall, or Mike Williams, 2002, 4th overall. All right. All in. Wow. Wow. I'll agree. Mike Williams is a bigger bust. Yeah. Even though, even though that was like 16 years ago. Well, wasn't Aaron Maben considered a bit of a reach and. And Mike Williams was considered to be like a consensus top, you know, three or four pick. So like, doesn't that make him even more of a bust? Yeah, I think so. I think, I think Aaron Maben was like, he was like a one-year wonder. Whereas like Mike Williams was pretty, was yeah like one of the consensus top left tackles. So, but yeah, I don't know. Aaron Maben was more recent. It's probably the most recent draft bust that we've had in the first round, but yeah. Okay. Um, how about biggest bills? First round quarterback bust. E.J. Manuel or J.P. Lawsman? Where were they drafted? First round. Um, Lawsman, I don't know. Okay. I think Lawsman was in the 20s and Manuel was like in the teens. They, they traded up for Lawsman, didn't they? Yeah. 
they traded back for EJ Manuel. I think they had the tenth pick, and they ended up having like the seventeenth pick. <laughs> All right, <laughs> all consensus there. JP Lawsman. Wait, he, you Mike? know what? He was he was really good at throwing to Lee Evans. <laughs> yeah, his deep bomb was was really good <laughs> to Lee Evans. I feel like EJ Manuel. Nobody was like, "Oh, this guy should be pretty good." But you know what the problem with the JP Lawsman pick was that we gave up the first round pick the next year. Not only did we miss on Ben Roethlisberger that 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 year that JP Lawsman was drafted. But the next season, they lost their first-round pick because they gave it to Dallas. And that was a year that uh, Aaron Rodgers fell down the draft board. <laughs> so, of course. Um, okay, worst offensive coordinator, Rick Dennison or Brian Dable? So you have Rick Dennison, the offensive coordinator that was that was fired last season. And then you have this season's Brian Dable, who is – Led pretty much, uh, coached pretty much a historically terrible offense. All right, we all agree. Wow, we all agree on Dennison there. Yeah, pretty bad. So you guys are giving Brian Dable a pass this season, all things well, considered. Phoenix give him anything to work with. Yeah. So I guess so. It still has yet to see if he if he's really this bad or if it's just the players around him. Yeah, I agree. I'd like to see more from. I'd like to see more talent. It's just it's just like you know Josh Allen. Like you gotta you gotta put more talent around him before you can accurately judge the guy. So whereas Dennison had pretty decent talent and just could do nothing with it. Like they were still bottom five in most categories, but um, they weren't the season before, right? So I guess that's kind of what we're going off of. All right, here's one. Here's another topic. McDermott will be on the hot seat after this season or he gets one more season of losing before he's considered on the hot seat. So he's either going to be on the hot seat this season after losing or next season after next season if they continue to lose all right one more season we all give sean mcdermott one more season before he gets on the hot seat i agree with that all three of us all right bills will be playoff contenders next season in 2019 or the season after that 2020 oh all right well we got three different answers on that one thanks john but you're basically saying at least two more seasons so we're John and I are thinking 2020. Mike's thinking next season's the season, man. Nice. I would love that. I feel like it's going to take a little bit of time with the new offense that's going to be installed next season, but you never know. Um, All right, Kyle Williams. Will he retire after this season, or will he come back for another one-year contract? Retire or a one-year contract? (sighs) This is actually a pretty tough one. I don't know if I have an answer for this right away. Okay. All right, we're all in agreement for retirement on this one. I kind of hold out hope that he might do one more season, but since he's been considering retirement for two seasons and they're probably most likely going to finish bottom of the league, I don't know. I can't see him coming back. Can you? All right. So last one, voting for elected officials. Do you vote for them based on research and knowledge of each candidate, or do you just wing it based on party lines? John, knowledge is power. Oh, wow. We're all agreeing. Research. I think this is going to be the first year where I completely research every single, <laughs> every single one. You're right. Who's going to admit, who's going to admit just winging it? I, I, I usually do to a point, not necessarily party lines, but officials. I think this is the year that I'm going to really read about everyone that's up for vote. That does it for our voting election part of the podcast. Um, just a bunch of fun stuff to vote on, which we don't normally get a chance to do every two years or so. The next game is against the three and six New Jersey Jets in New Jersey at 1 p.m. Bills will be coming in. Um, it's a good time to tell us if you could leave us a review in Apple Podcasts. We definitely appreciate it. If you love the Bills like we do, please leave us a review. We're just like you out there. Whether you're listening to us in your cube, your car, or truck, or at home or on the job site. Um, we'd really appreciate it. So, guys, it's been fun. We didn't get all depressing with uh, the Bills' loss and the blowout. We kind of made it fun. So, uh, signing off for John. Nine and seven. Let's go. Make that playoff push. Go, Bills. And for Mike. When you said, when you're listening in the car, truck, on the job, I thought you were going to say on the John. Yeah. That too. Go, Bills. We can totally win the next game. And for me, Nate, go Bills. Let's hope we get a win against the Jets. Go out and vote, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks. 
Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the <laughs> No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.